Welcome to Flowcast. I'm Sister Beth Murphy. You decide things all the time. What to wear, where to eat lunch, which rom-com to stream on Friday night. None of it is rocket science. You barely give it a thought, right? But what happens when your decision is more consequential? Where or whether to go to college? Which job offer to accept? Whom to marry? How to integrate faith and life? These are questions that require discernment. Discernment is about making wise judgments regarding matters that have lasting consequences for ourselves and others. Here to share her well-honed wisdom on the art of discernment is my friend and novitiate classmate, Sister Elise Marie Ramirez. Welcome, Elise. Thank you. Is that a drum roll I hear in the background? We should put one in. This is our first podcast together, and I'm very excited to have you here. Thanks, me too. So let's jump right in. Now, among us sisters, you are generally known as someone who keeps learning about how to discern. Could you say something about how that came to be your forte? Well, I believe it's all God's fault because it's been in this life as a vowed religious sister, as a vowed religious woman, that I've learned the importance of inviting God into my decision-making on a regular basis and extending that when um, it becomes a discernment. So, and my ministry has increasingly called forth. So, and I've been available to walk with people. Yes, you have. So you served in our formation program and actually have led us sisters on more than one occasion in a process of discernment for various topics in our in our community life. So you have lots of experience doing that. And you've spent considerable amount of time walking with people as they begin to recognize that they are in a process of discernment and not just deciding something. So let's start by walking quickly through the steps of discernment, and then we'll come back and talk about what that looks like in practice. Does that sound all right? Sure. Okay. So the steps. One of the years ago, when I was teaching eighth grade, I believe, there was a method that was in a book I was teaching. (laughs) I think it was St. Mary's Press or Benzinger, something like that. But it was called the listen method of discernment. And over the years, I've kind of adapted that in ways. But for me, it names the steps very clearly especially when I'm new to a more disciplined discerning, if that makes sense. So L, do you want me to go through each one? Oh, please do. Okay. L, look at the facts. Okay, we can say more about that, but look at the facts. And data is always friendly. Data isn't proving one thing or another, it just is. So look at the facts. Imagine the possibilities, the I. Imagine the possibilities. And we have to really let go of things to imagine possibilities. 
and we need more than our own voice, which is the S, seek insight beyond your own. See how that flows? Look at the facts. Imagine possibilities. Seek insight besides your own. The T, turn inward. In discernment, it's about my real self, my true self, being called by God for the life of the world in any discernment. And so consequently, we turn inward. We have to know ourselves. We have to know where we're at. We have to know how we feel. All of that is just packed. Just think of it, you know, packed. And we expect God's help. I'm not doing this by myself. This is in the accompaniment of the breath of God, of the spirit, of the very creative force of God. And N, you have to name your decision and act on it. So discernment involves decision making. That That's a method I like to use. I think that's excellent. And if we stopped recording right now, I imagine that our listeners could put that into practice. Oh, that cool. is very clear. So maybe we're done. <laughs> well, there's a little caveat. What's that? We're never finished living a discerning life. Ah. So when we make a discernment, for instance, if I'm going to buy a house, that might be a discernment for someone because it has real consequences and it's a decision most likely between two goods. When there's a decision between two goods, that's from God. <laughs> and yes. that calls for discernment. So I would imagine if I'm going to thinking about buying a house, I'm also got an alternative to that. And that's also a good alternative. Lots of people do it that way. Rent or live with another person or all that kind of thing, right? Sure. So the question comes down to how am I going to connect to the needs of the world because I'm a Christian? And so how do I lead a discerning life that allows me to to go into a discernment in a deeper way with those value questions that also accompany me, but don't overshadow my own self. That's a lot to think about. Do you, do you want to continue um, with the buying a house example, or do you have a story that you could share about an experience of discernment that might help people see how those um, steps are used? I think I might be able to go with a, another more personal. So for myself, it was an internal ministry within the congregation. And for our listeners, what does that mean? It means that I'm going to work and I'm going to have responsibility and it's going to be with and for my sisters and I'm not going to get a paycheck. <laughs> so that's what it means. And I was asked to discern an internal ministry, a possible all it meant was I willing to leave my name in. Someone else would make the decision. Well, the first thing I had to do was look at the facts. How old was I? What did I see myself capable of the kinds of things this would this job would mean? Some of the facts, I'm sorry, that's kind of turning inward. See how they kind of do a dance 
It's not so much you have one step and another, but they kind of dance, but it's not a cha-cha or a tango. You know, <laughs> They all flow together a bit. They flow together. Right, right, right. So anyway, I looked at the facts. One was, what's my physical state right now? And I also asked myself, what's my psychological state right now? Because I am very aware of how to stay mentally healthy. So uh, physically healthy, mentally healthy. How many other people have been asked? Because that helps me know. That's a fact. Have two people been asked to think about this or have 22 people been asked to think about this? That's a fact. Okay. So facts go into it. What does the job entail? Does the job entail numbers? Because if the job entails a lot of numbers, that cuts me out. (laughs) Just ask the sisters I live with. So it's that kind of, that's look at the facts. You just look at the facts. And then imagining the possibilities, I thought to myself, well, I'd be with others that are also holding this responsibility. It wouldn't just be me. And I, I think I could be a team player. Here's the situations though, and here I go turning inward where I don't see myself as a team player, you know? And that's when I seek insight beyond myself because I say to someone, do you think of me as someone who can be a team player? Do you think of me? And don't hold back. That's really critical. (laughs) To not only ask my friends, but to ask maybe somebody I worked with that was scratchy. Does that make sense? Sure. So you're going to look to the people around you to help improve your own self-perception. Right, especially in the area that I'm trying to discern. So it wouldn't be helpful for me to talk to my brother, who loves me out the wazoo, either one of them. It wouldn't be helpful for me to ask him, right? But it would be helpful for me to ask someone that worked with me on a chapter planning committee. <laughs> sure. You know, something like that. I understand that. that. Mm-hmm. So then I, I also am turning inward the whole time too. I'm, I'm asking myself, are you attracted to it? Number two, why? Am I attracted to it because it's going to puff me up? Can I be honest about that? A little puff isn't awful, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but is it all puff? I, I, if my life is okay. Some, yeah, I think that's fine. Or yeah. is there is there some feeling of excitement or energy that comes? Correct. And I have to know myself well enough to know that the excitement and energy is pulling out of my best self and not my self that needs a lot of affirmation and accolades. Ah, that would because be Because we have that self and that's a good self. But it can't be the most of what I'm looking for. And see, that's the turning inward. And also um, talking to the people that are outside of me and experience me on different levels. And as I turn inward, I'm expecting God's help. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God the whole time. And I'm not talking (laughs) to God. I'm breathing in. I'm letting the silence calm the noise. I have a friend that gave me a book and I love the title, Inviting a Monkey to Tea. (laughs) 
So I let my monkey mind stop and breathe in the very spirit of God who keeps us alive. So we're never without that, right? So expecting God's help, turning inward, I realized God was asking me to let go, let go of the outcome. So I'm getting to the decision. And a part of the decision is if I'm going to say yes to stay in this process, then I'm also going to have to let go of whether I'm selected or not selected. Oh, mm, that's a hot, that's a toughie. So if I hear you right, what you're saying is that once you've come to your decision, yes, I'm going to keep my name in this process. It's almost as if you then have to take a step back from it and say, and it's okay if I'm not the one who ends up in the position. Correct. Correct. And if I, if I, so that's why the seeking insight beyond our own is so helpful. I have a spiritual director. I run all my discerning and my elements of discerning with different things with my spiritual director. My spiritual director helps me stay honest. And if I'm not able to, in a, in a serious discernment like that, and it might be entering the convent. I mean, I had to learn that in my discernment with entering the convent until I could say I was free enough to hear God say, you need, this isn't for you. I didn't have the freedom to say, yes, I'm going to stay for life. So it's the same kind of thing in the example that I was giving. If when, when I know I'm going to be crushed, if I'm not selected, I cannot leave my name in. Mm, That must be a challenge, right? Well, St. Ignatius says it's the, you know, the epitome of discernment when we let go of the outcome. And isn't that what God does in the cosmos? Doesn't God just let go of this love and trust that when we receive this love and recognize and appreciate it and, and that God knows it's, it's going to be the right thing. I, I just, yeah, that's a cool and thing. I love it. And there's a freedom and a joy that comes with that. Once Absolutely. you've gone through all that, isn't oh, there? Oh, Beth, you are so right because if we are not free, you know, Father Michael gave a homily recently and he said um, you know, there was a paradox in the gospel about both commitment and freedom. And yet we can't make commitment without inner freedom. And we don't have, I have learned, I should say, to grow in freedom by holding on to the commitment. And it does sound paradoxical. So anyway, it's really important to look at the facts, imagine the possibilities. Because when I'm imagining possibilities, I might see someone else who's capable of these things, not just me, you know. Um, Seek insight outside of myself. I might even have to read something because I really don't have a good idea of what this means, you know. Uh, Turn inward, really know myself. You know, when an unpleasant feeling arises, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I go to my head because I start to figure out, huh, I know, because this is what always happens. Well, that's a story. And now I'm thinking I'm not feeling anymore. Mm. But if I 
stay with the feeling. I am humbly aware of the vulnerability and humility that comes from being truth. From being truth. Oh, in truth, that's right. And rather than tell myself a story and stay in the head, what if I breathe in and feel that, you know, awful feeling of inadequacy? Breathe it in and feel the presence in my body. What does it feel like? And then let my body come back to relaxation. I have to tell you, when I do that, I am freer to take a next step and not to react, but to respond. Doesn't make the feeling go away, but it's not determining how I respond, how I react. And that's all a part of turning inward. It's also a part of expecting God's help. But don't we all believe that breathing is the very presence of God keeping us alive? Sure is. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not shortchange how that breath works in our body and can keep us centered in the heart and gut. Yes, as I do, that the origin of the Hebrew name for God is our respiration, in and out. That's where the name of God originates in Hebrew scripture. So to recognize that is is truly a God moment, a moment for centering ourselves in the presence of God. And it takes me back to that homily because I am committed to growing in my faith. And that means growing in a connection with God's own heart that beats through me through God's breath. And so if I'm committed to that and I want to keep growing in that, you know, that little mustard seed, then I can let go. And I can admit, you know, today wasn't a great day, but tomorrow will be better because God, you're breathing through me. (laughs) Doesn't mean (laughs) Sometimes you just have to take it on faith, even if it doesn't feel so good, right? Amen, sister. Okay. So let me ask this. You and I both know that we never make a discernment about something in a vacuum. We may think that it's our own decision, but it almost always impacts at least one other person. In our case, it impacts a lot of other persons. It impacts every sister in our community, no matter what it is that we are discerning to do, because we are committed to one another by our vows. So how do you integrate that reality of the other persons who might be impacted by decisions that we make. Thank you uh, for asking that, Beth, because how do I say it? It's a given once we, uh, for those who are listening, who are not (laughs) vowed religious sisters, (laughs) when we make those vows, they are to God and they are through the Blessed Mother and St. Dominic and our sisters, every single one. Now, the sister that represents the other sisters is our prioress, and we have our hands in hers. That's how much 
we depend on each other to remember each other <laughs> in our decision making and in our discerning. So that living a discerning life within our congregation is set up for us in the way we live together. <laughs> Even making the decision to join my family for a dinner one evening, I think of the consequences of being away from my dinner table with my sisters. You know, especially me, I'm on the road all the time. That's one example. Another example is, let's go back to that house. Another example is, I am going, if I'm buying a house, I am going to become a part of the United States that has wealth. Now, we hear the word wealth, we think big bucks. <laughs> no. Wealth is when I have a line of credit, and that line of credit allows me to purchase something else that's larger than the last line of credit. You see, that's, and then that becomes, okay, so that has consequences. And as a Christian woman buying a house, I'd ask myself questions about how will I use my wealth that's increasing? Maybe I'm going to use it by being very welcoming to others in my home. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to use it by um, participating in a community garden. You see what I'm saying? So, yes, our decisions are always made, I want to say, in a swirl of the truth that we belong to everything in the universe and every creature. That slows you down when you think of it that way. Sure. I wonder how many people would actually think about the example that you just gave. Um, I am buying a house, so I am using wealth to buy a house um, that will not be available for other things. I can see people thinking about that. Or if I buy a house, what happens to the dynamics when I move out of the place I'm now living? I'm either, you know, with a roommate or I'm living with my family. But I think that what you just named is a much larger way of discerning that has in mind the good of an entire community. So I think that's an interesting way to, to think about that circle. It goes back to our baptisms. Just persons who, in the Christian tradition, uh, that's, that's where we kind of get the um, spur <laughs> to push us into really being intentional about living the gospel really being intentional about being in relationship as beloved and really being intentional about being, in, I love the gospel stories about Jesus baptism because there's the sky and there's the river and there's the, you know, I see everything. I see the trees and I see, <laughs> you know, I, I see the squirrels and the baby rabbits and, you know, the catfish. I see it all. <laughs> but the point is, is that our baptism reminds us that we've been created 
to be our best self because that best self is God's image and likeness. And that is what God knows the world can use and needs. And that means I need all the others because I'm incomplete. So it's it kind of goes to that intentional living of our baptism. And everybody does it in a different way. In other traditions, again, it's the intentional living of what those values and principles are. Yes. And we recognize then in the process of our own personal discernment that we belong to one another in ever-expanding circles of belonging. Right. So when I'm listening as a method of making discernment, and I'm looking at the facts, imagining the possibilities, seeking the insight outside of myself, going back inside of myself, knowing all along that I can expect God's help and coming to name a decision and act on the decision. When I'm doing that, I can let go of the outcome. I can know I've I've done what I'm able to do at this point, and I trust the wisdom of the next step. So if it's purchasing the house, I trust I've done everything so that I can have this as a way to offer healing, no matter what I have. That's the Christian way of ownership. You know, we just had St. Francis yesterday. <laughs> it's the it's that way of owning that I own so that I can share. And I'm not talking money necessarily, but generosity of attitude. Gifts and skills. Amen. Amen. So uh, there's probably so much more that you could say, and we may have you come back at some point, but I think... This has been a wonderful introduction to our listeners to that art of discerning um, what, where we go in our lives, what our next steps are, how we walk with those people who are close to us and with all of creation. So I'm very grateful to you for that. Well, thank you. I just have to say thank you so very much. You know, I love talking to you all the time. But... <laughs> Me too, Beth. Thank you so much. And I have to say that one of the things that's exciting about this is just reminding ourselves that a decision is when you're going to make a decision because something's better than something else. A discernment. A discernment is when you have two goods. Mm-hmm. And that is God leading us to let go and really be open to where the spirit is calling us. Thank you again to my friend and classmate, Sister Elise Marie Ramirez, for this wonderful and I hope very practical uh, conversation on what it means to engage in a process of discernment. You've been listening to Flowcast. This is a podcast produced by the Dominican Sisters of Springfield. And we are sharing stories of people who are changing the world in hopeful ways. And certainly, uh, Sister Elise Ramirez is doing that, and we're grateful for her presence with us. I'm Sister Beth Murphy. I'm your host for this episode of Flowcast, and our engineer has been Brandon Durham. Thank you, one and all, and until next time, 
know that you are blessed.